0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Scale Your Business with your host Eric Corey. Today on the podcast, I have Tim Kang, INT Agency Cloud CEO. How are you doing today, Tim?
1: Doing good. Thanks for having me on here.
0: Cool, man. So what's going on? Tell us about your business.
1: Yeah, um, so a little bit about myself. I've been in the Salesforce space for about 10 years. I've been doing um, influencer agencies strategy and talent management um, for just about four to five years. And um, I've been noticing that there's been a little gap in terms of all the other agencies out there working with their influencers. Um, so creating this app that helps essentially replace that CRM functionality that all of them need, there's not really like a fantastic product out there uh, for them. So what we're doing is ultimately um, creating something that's for that niche. and. Right now, I'm noticing um, from all the agencies that I've worked with that a lot of them are still stuck in spreadsheets um, and kind of like jerryg solutions of um, Trello, Notion, um, Airtable. It's really just not taking them all the way. So there's a lot of like friction between communication between uh, their folks um, and trying to get these influencers activated a very efficient way. I can go into a lot more detail about like what the purpose behind that is, but, um, I guess I'll wait for the questions to, to come out for that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Tell us the purpose, like why you're doing that.
1: Yeah. So when I was doing the initial part of that, uh, agency business, it was more so like for my buddies that were in the industry, um, they're playing video games for a living, which is awesome. And I wanted to support their, you know, support their dreams. And what I was noticing was that, uh, The focus was mainly on larger influencers. And obviously that makes sense. Your marketing folks have paid salary and whoever they're reporting to is looking for a return on investment for their marketing initiatives. So I noticed that there's a lot of differences between your big influencers and your smaller influencers. Um, Your bigger influencers have a bigger crowd. So it's a lot better for like brand awareness, but they don't really get connected as much as your smaller influencers do. Um, You see a lot more like chat interaction, a lot more responses to comments. You have a lot more close-knit groups. Um, So we'll call those the micro-influencers and the macro-influencers for the bigger ones. The micro-influencers have really good return on investment for initiatives that you have. You'll see higher numbers, like 10 20% um, interaction, whereas your macro-influencers are like less than 10%. So really the question is, how do we make it so that these marketing brands, so imagine, you know, McDonald's, Chipotle, like all these different large companies, how can they access these like micro influencers? And really what it comes down to is like, how can we make that process more efficient? And really what I noticed was there's a huge gap in the amount of time that it takes to do an RFP process or a request for proposal. So those are like contracts, rates, getting things negotiated, that sort of thing. Um, all that communication is do- being done through things like Slack, Discord, email, and then when you have to look for the history of, like, what has happened, you have to search all those things, right? There's no, like, dedicated CRM focused on the different elements that they need to capture for that. So this app, really, that I'm working on is to address that situation, to help those teams get more organized, which ultimately, at the end of the day, will get creators more uh, more deals, especially for the smaller ones that can really Uh, that really don't have that opportunity to work with these brands. But now if the businesses are becoming more efficient, it opens the doors for them to work with those smaller uh, micro influencers and macro influencers at the same time. Um, So that's really the goal, you know, make it more efficient then everybody, everybody wins.
0: Right. Cool. Yeah. My question is like what I was about to say before you mentioned at the end, like you're it's, it's for micro and macro. And I was going to say like, what is the cutoff between a micro and a macro influencer and, and why?
1: yeah so maybe uh twitch is my forte right now so if you go to twitch.tv you have folks that have average viewership numbers um number of followers and that sort of thing generally the performance of a streamer at a given time um you're you're gonna want to know how many viewers they're capturing right so micro would probably be anything under 500 viewership anything above 500 we're starting to get into the middle of it and then Uh, above a thousand that's when you start thinking about like the macro level type of influencers
0: cool yeah can you just walk us through the overall business strategy
1: uh for, for like how the business works essentially yeah okay um so yeah the source of all this is that brands will want to do maybe like one of two things um you know, there's like affiliate marketing, you know, there's like folks that just want to get their name out. If you ever go to like a basketball game, you see like State Farm, McDonald's or whatever on the different signs. That's what you would call kind of like brand awareness. They're not necessarily like selling anything to you at the event or whatever they purchase for marketing um, space, but they they just want to get that in your head. So you can know that the brand exists, make a presence, right? So those are those are like a lot more popular for your macro influencers. The micro influencers are a lot more popular when you're talking about wanting to try and get sales. Um, so in the gaming industry, you want to sell games, right? So really popular uh, avenue of this is maybe like indie developers, uh smaller video games that don't have as much of like a massive budget, like your you know, Microsoft or Nintendo or that sort of thing, where they just have great market share. Um, but they want to get their game out there. And what they'll do is work with these smaller influencers, um, or the micro influencers. Um, But they're trying to do that more efficiently. So you know, they can touch on more folks. So the business model, there's like, they want to activate these people, they don't know how they don't know how to find them. Um, There's a lot of different um, things that could uh, be done to get a curated list for these folks. Um, But you help them get connected. And uh, that's kind of like what talent agencies do. The CRM side of it—that's more like capturing the data and making sure that each step uh, along the process is tracked, so that we can measure our performance and, you know, really uh, activate more people uh, with less time.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. So, what I was thinking was like, um, you know, how how would it help? Let's say like McDonald's, for example, a massive brand. How how could they use that? With you know, they would have to have basically an army of. Micro influencers for it to make any return for them because they're such a large brand. But you know, you mentioning that, hey, like a small indie company that's producing one game, it could be really helpful if they have a couple small micro influencers, you know, repping their game. So I think that's really cool. Um, I feel like the gaming industry has changed a lot over. You know, it changes so rapidly, especially in the last five to ten years. Um, you know, where do you think the gaming industry is going? uh, in the near future and like, how do you think you're going to adapt to it?
1: Yeah. I mean, gaming is like a good representation of like where our technology is at, right? Like 20 years ago, we thought, you know, 2d landscapes, minesweeper and all that stuff was like the crazy stuff. Um, nowadays we're venturing into things, you know, we're about to see a lot more games coming out on like unreal engine five. And if you see any, seen any examples of that, Every time I see an update for video games I'm like dang look how realistic that looks look at the look how beautiful that looks and such and then so they're really pushing the limits on like what our uh, technology can do um so really it g- gets you connected around like topics of like what's the latest like CPUs coming out what's Intel and AMD doing what kind of graphics cards are out there and then just combining that with the software that's being released just to get a get a scope of like man gaming is really like pushing the limits of our technology to like see what, what we can do with our creative minds. Right. And so um, as time goes on, like really that's the formula. And then that in combination with, you know, what is fun for people at a given time. And that could be whatever's happening in pop culture, whatever's popular uh, for the time being. Cause like if you think about some of like the key games that have like really made strides, like the last thing I can remember was like PUBG and they introduced the whole like battle royale concept. And then that spawned like apex legends and all these other like things. Warzone is another one. Um, you, you have these moments where like they find a formula, people love it. And then it just goes in ways. Everybody's trying to get into that. Right. So it's a rapidly evolving culture. We don't know what's going to happen next. Cause who knows, nobody knows who's going to come up with the greatest big formula, but, um, that's why some years you feel like, man, gaming kind of sucks right now because nothing's new, nothing feels fresh. And then other years you're going to be like, dang, this new thing, this is sick. Like mobile gaming came out. You, you can see like crazy ways of people like playing on the gacha uh, type games. Um, I'm not a huge endorser of those, but I play them as well. And man, they know how to take your money. It's like borderline gambling at that point. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's a very fast evolving um industry and keeping up with it um as an individual is very hard. So you tend to like focus on certain things that you enjoy and keep up with those because if you try to keep up with everything, there's there's absolutely no way.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's cool that you you know mentioned PUBG. And I think another thing that happened around the same time, you know, was with Fortnite as well, introducing the season yep. pass, right? Which is kind of like a double uh like a double whammy with a brand new type of video game that people have wanted for a really long time or style of video game along with a different way to monetize that video game right because back in yep. the in the past there's a lot of loot boxes and stuff like that but you know introducing a season pass where people just keep buying it and buying it season after season is just a crazy way to make returns on your game especially when you're offering it for free so
1: absolutely yeah it, it kind of reminds me of when um Think, think about, like, how big League of Legends is Dota 2 right now for the MOBA space. Before that, I, I remember playing a game called Heroes of New Earth. So if anybody's that old school into MOBA games, they're going to know what that name is. But I think, really, they were, like, the first purveyors of, like, going into making MOBAs, like, super popular. They had a free model. But then they literally shot themselves in the foot and put a $30 subscription or uh, upfront fee that killed it. And everybody went over to, like, League of Legends slash Dota. Um, but then like you were saying with the battle pass and like all this, like free to play models, I think League of legends did that really, really well. Like, look how big they are making it accessible to everybody. You know, p- people, people want a game that they can be proud of. And if no one's playing it, no one, no one knows what you're proud of. Right. So you got to make these games successful, but, uh, probably a little off topic here, but yeah, I can, I can go miles and miles about like what's going on in the gaming industry
0: so let's pull it back in and talk more about your business um so with your business and you're getting it off the ground like what kind of obstacles have you been facing recently any challenges that you could talk about and share
1: i mean for me mostly it's really the fact that i'm trying to bootstrap everything right so i i don't want um let's it's a monumental gap in terms of a uh, comparison but like if you look at someone like larian studios and how they came out with baldur's gate three the game is fantastic. It has been received fantastically. And when Microsoft approached them to try to acquire them, they they rejected it. Why? Because they really stuck to their principle of like, no, we we want to own our company. We want to be able to own the initiatives for our game. We want to be polished. We don't want these investors that have absolutely no idea about gaming culture telling us what we need to do. That's why the game came out amazing. Like They own what they do. um. And so for me, like Same thing like that. I I don't want to take money from other sources. I want to be able to make sure I'm creating a tool that actually services this industry. And so really, it's just finding other resources that kind of follow that same principle, right? I know everybody's got to put food on their plate. And so they can't really like dedicate free time or anything like that. So I find myself working late into the nights and such. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, whatever comes out of this is really something that's going to be helpful for everybody. And ultimately, I'm trying to do this because the solutions that, people are finding out there are way too expensive and fall short on too many aspects. Um, So really it's just the workforce, the budgeting and that sort of thing. That's probably the biggest uh, concerns, but I'm hoping that, you know, when it does release and uh, hopefully it does get received well, that we can start supporting it a lot better.
0: And What would you say would be success for that, for that venture? How would you describe success?
1: Yeah, success. So like, for folks that we're going to onboard, um, we're going, we're going with a model of like, try it out for a month, right? Like, I don't want you to commit to anything that, you know, it's not going to work for you. And the solution may not work for everybody. But uh, for myself, I've been in the weeds. I've been a creator myself in the past. Um, I've been in the weeds doing the agency work. I still do it right now. Um, I have a very good understanding of what these people need versus, you know, There's a lot of resources out there that may have a technical skill in one aspect, but they don't have the full mixture to make a really well-oiled machine of a CRM for this industry. So I think the success is really going to be measured around like how many people use it, how many people stick to it, and if they're happy and if it's helping their business ultimately, you know, do these engagements a lot quicker.
0: Gotcha. And so you're bootstrapping it, but do you have any partners? Are you working with anyone on this project?
1: Yeah, I got some friends that are kind of like on the same mission. Um, We all, you know, we all have our day jobs that we need to do, but then we put in whatever time we can during the evenings. Um, I'm probably obviously spending the most time because I'm directing everything, but um, there's a couple of friends that are helping out with this and um, they've been completely, uh, completely helpful for this process.
0: Cool. Um, What advice would you give if someone else was looking to get into the same industry? You know, what, what would you tell them?
1: um gaming influencer space there's a ton of people right um and i would say like try not inventing reinventing the wheel there's a lot of stuff out there that's already been done learn from the experts learn from the industries you know research what's been done in the past um so having a better understanding of what's actually happening, and then on top of that, most importantly, is making sure you have a passion for the space. Um, the gaming industry is notorious for being able to have so much demand um, and supply for the things that they need to do. You know, you can take your same develop like if you were a developer, for example, you can probably find uh, a, you know, a company in the more traditional sense that, is non-gaming related. So, you know, if you were to find like a Google, Facebook, Meta, that sort of thing, you're gonna get paid like way more, you know, unless you're one of like the leads on these video games that have become successful. But um, just because there's so much supply, you really gotta have a passion for this because the pay won't show until the results appear. Um, It's kind of like salespeople working purely on commission versus, you know, the ones that have salary and commission on top. Um, it's just, there's a lot, there's a lot of people in this space because a lot of people like gaming, right? We want to be surrounded. We want to be the kind of people to be, uh, you know, how cool would it be if you were uh, one of the developers of like League of Legends and so many people are into that, that you go into your friend group and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a dev for the League of Legends team. You know, I, I feel like there's a ton of people that would just be like, damn, that's pretty sweet. Um, so for me, it's like, I love gaming. And I love being able to enable friends to be successful in their dreams, right? And playing video games uh, as a kid, I had the stereotypical, you know, first generation Asian parents, as soon as they saw me playing video games, they're like, why aren't you studying? You're falling behind, blah, blah, blah. You're wasting all your time. Um, Never in their wildest dreams would they have thought that I would be in a position where I'm creating revenue, um, you know, in the gaming space. So I always shove that in their face. Um, I think <laughs> they, they hear that so much um, that they've gotten used to it. But um, it's definitely something I take pride in and something I'm proud of doing. And I, you know, I see myself playing video games all the way to old age. So um, staying staying in the loop with all this stuff is uh, always exciting and a passion of mine. So that's what keeps the drive. If anybody's going into this industry, make, just make sure you love what you're doing. This doesn't just apply to gaming, applies to anything you're doing if you have a love for what you're doing, then you're going to do well in it.
0: I couldn't agree more. Tim, that's all the time we have today. Uh, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. What's the best way that people can uh, get in touch with you?
1: Yeah. If they want to uh, reach out to me, um, I guess <laughs> maybe, uh, I never really thought about that from like a public skate. but if you connect with me on LinkedIn, my name is Tim Kang. You're probably going to find a ton of people like that, but um I think the URL, if I'm not mistaken, uh, at the end is Tim J. Kang. If you want to send me a connection, I guess, I guess if there's an email, maybe we could put that in a comment under a post or something, but uh, yeah, definitely reach out to me if you can find, find what, what those are.
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah. I can, I can put the email in uh, the description on the post. Well, Tim, okay. thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, And we'll talk soon.
1: All right. Thanks a lot.